understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Welcome back to The Stranded Face Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Hurley, and you are tuned in for a really real dope episode. I love when I get an opportunity to bring some personal things that I go through to the forefront, and especially people... You guys know I've worked really hard over the last few years to change my life in different ways. And I love when I get to bring somebody to the forefront that has really been involved in that change and helping me see a better me. And so I have a returning guest today, uh, along with a friend that I'm really excited to join me. And this is a person that if you guys have been listeners for a long time or whether you're new to the Stranded Family, it has been a really unique journey for me being someone that did not grow up um, around family that was involved in understanding Christianity, God, Jesus Christ, our Savior, you name it, I didn't know it. (laughs) And I'm sure there's a lot of you that are going through this too, that don't are in similar shoes as I was. But the best way I always explain it to people is, you know, my parents were not agnostic. My parents were not agnostic. They didn't hate God or dislike Christianity or Christians. They just did not um, see the benefit in church or Christianity. Shoot, my parents were hippies. And And, um, so the way I always felt about church was when I went as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old or in college, I was always embarrassed when they said, you know, flip to Philippians 4.13. And I was like, people would just turn in their book and I'm like, I don't even know where that is. Like, And I'd be sitting next to a 12-year-old that knew more than I did. And it was so embarrassing. And I just thought this may never be for me because I just don't, I have no general knowledge of it. And every time I'd buy a Bible and try to read it, I was like, You're what? Right there. You did not buy a Bible. 14 people bought you a Bible. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I gotta introduce you first. Oh, Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so... So the person that is here that has truly been the answer to all of my prayers and understanding Christianity, just understanding religion, understanding how your soul is connected to a higher power, who that power is, what that power is capable of, and what it means to have that person as your backbone is my good friend, Hillary Bolt, who's been on the stranded a lot, and she's back again. Third uh, time's the charm. It's going to be the best one yet. And I brought a friend with me this time. Yeah, so introduce your friend for me. So... I'm starting a podcast. Mm-hmm. For all of you that listened to the last episode, are probably like, what? The girl that said she was never going to start a podcast <laughs> is starting a podcast? Sure I am. So my friend Rachel and I are starting a podcast that's called Faithful by Design. And so she's here with us and we're going to talk a little bit about our journey and just why we thought we should launch a podcast. Yeah, and very what excited. It was. Yeah. So Welcome, Miss Rachel. Rachel. Thank you. Happy to be here. Welcome to The Stranded. We're excited to have you. Um, It's always so important to me. I think you get to a really special place in life when you love to watch your friends grow. You know, so like you were a very integral part in my growth when it came to connecting to God and just having a, a basic understanding that I always longed for. But I truly have loved watching you grow also because it's almost like you've had your growing season recently. Sure have. 
<laughs> we hit a little rough patch we, there for we, a little bit. We hit a little rough patch, and so do you mind if we jump into that? Yeah, no, let's go for it. Cool. So I want to jump into that, and maybe this will explain to listeners how you met Rachel and why, yeah. of all people, Hillary Bolt is starting a podcast, because <laughs> this, this could have been a lost cause a year ago. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So maybe a year ago? Yeah. Maybe. So we're both working at AMI Kids, mm-hmm. and I'm in a real funk. Mm-hmm. Like, Jessica's like, do you even talk to God anymore? Like, what's going on with your faith? Like, you don't even seem like yourself anymore. Like, just obsessed with working. Mm-hmm. Like, consumed by it, traveling all the time. Just wasn't even the girl that you met two years previous to that. Mm-mm. And so I was like, I think I just need to, like, start over and move away. You know, like, I'm applying for other jobs, got a job offer out of state, and something just didn't feel right about it. And I remember you and I had, like, multiple conversations about it. And I had, like, in that chunk of time, like, tried multiple times to plug into different churches and for whatever reason, like, just wasn't finding the right community or the right people. Well, I want to I want to I want to backtrack cuz there's yeah. a lot of this that you're telling the fast version and there's a lot of moments that yeah, I, I right. clearly remember. So, we were going to the same church at the time because yep. what brought me close to God was your help, your witness of everything, your basic understanding and everyone knows the one thing I always loved about you is there was never a dumb question. Right. There's just never a dumb question. Like I was like, "The what? What does that mean? What it what the the trilogy what? I don't even know what they're talking about." <laughs> you know, and you never laughed or you never said like, "You don't understand that?" Are you kidding me you never said go google it and you always broke it down to me in what I would consider layman's terms which was really what I needed and so we were both going to the same church and we even went to like a next steps class together and I was like real real honesty I was doing this for for you I was doing it because I wanted to see where it could go for me but I honestly knew you needed it too to grow to feel comfortable and and longing for community you know yeah, because for two years, what did I say all in all? Like, I, I just want community. Yeah. I just over want community. I want to be surrounded by people for two that years, I love who that. I love, oh. that want to do what I do, that want to help the community. And we would always, like, shuffle it under the rug as, like, well, look at our job. We get to help young kids. We yep. get to do this. We get to do that. But every month, we'd come to a place. It was like, I swear it was once a month where you'd come to me and you'd be like, I'm in a funk. I'm so angry. I'm this. I'm that. I'm in a mood. And I'd be like, what happened? And you'd say, I don't know. I'm just this. I'm that. And the next thing I would say is like have you talked to God have you done a bible study have you done this and it was so interesting because even though you weren't like off the rip like crazy like this I'm saying this as if you had lost your way so much but you didn't you were completely normal same genuine loving caring self but the old you the person that I met was I was isolated I had isolated myself you were isolated and when I first met you what I respected the most about you was like it did not matter where we were at what we were doing like you were willing to talk about God that's what I loved like the first day I met you you would not shut up and I was like (laughs) (laughs) and and it got to where I was like okay this girl's not gonna let it down so I guess I'm just gonna have this conversation And we went from that to you really never talking about it. And so I kind of had an opportunity to witness you kind of lost your way in the very one thing that you love and respect the most. I thrive off of people. And I thrive off of being in a relationship with people. So when I was isolated, although I feel like I grew so much in my personal relationship with God and like that was such a good season for me, I wasn't thriving because I wasn't around people and I wasn't being filled up. Like I was giving, giving, giving to our job, to people we worked with. Like, and I just wasn't, nothing was filling me in return. Do you know how hard it is for people to even get to the place to understand that part? Yeah. 
And you've come such a long way since then. Yeah. But it's so hard for people to get to the place of like, I need community. I need to be around people that are like me. Like we, we preach this like positivity and understanding yeah. and self-development and like being in the Bible and just under, but it's like, sometimes we need support. Yeah. We need community to be able to do those because you can only force yourself so much. Yeah. It's like going to the gym. You can only go for so long <laughs> until you need to find some friends that are willing to do it with you. Yeah. Like, and I think you just kind of. And I'm a big person. You know me. I need a running mate. Oh, you need a running mate. Lord, do you need a running mate? <laughs> Hillary Bolt needs a running mate. Like, yeah. you, you go one place. You want to go with me? I'm like, you can go by yourself. Why do you need me to go? Yeah, we'd be, we'd be traveling for work, and I'm like, Jessica, you want to come? I don't need to go to that meeting. Come anyway. <laughs> but it seemed like for a while we didn't, like, even though you're saying this now from the outside approach, which makes perfect sense, like, you just needed community. You needed running mates. You needed support. You'd lost your way. There was a time and space where I felt like we'd, we weren't really sure how to fix this. So you, like you mentioned before, you started applying for another jobs. You applied for a job in North Carolina, yeah. all these other places, Texas, like. Because I was like, if I can't find community here, certainly I'll move and then I'll be forced to find it. Exactly. Because I, I remember that conversation. Because my family's here. Like I had some things that were like of comfort to me that like got me by. Like I could go see my parents or I could hang out with my sister. Or, like I had a little bit of a cushion here that didn't force me to take those risks to find community. Right. So I was like, so I'll I need to move be forced. away. I need to grow this into it. This is clearly it. what God wants me to do. Like, yes, I'm going to move away. And I literally what, like had like four different interviews mm-hmm. in like four different states and like had an offer in North Carolina and was like really considering it. Why do you think you turned it down? I just didn't have a piece about it. You didn't what? I didn't have a piece about it. You didn't have enough peace about it, like mm-hmm. mental peace. Like, it just didn't feel right. No. So you went through all of this mess to turn turn around and be like, that's not it. Yeah, and literally within then two weeks, my sister, months prior, had been going to a new church and was like, hey, you should sign up for a small group in this church. Forced me to do it, which is hysterical now. Right. But... Anyway, so I end up getting this email and it was like, hey, reminder, like this small group's happening. I totally forgot about it. And I was like kind of going to the church, but like not really. Like once in a blue moon, I'd go. Mm -hmm. And I didnn't love it. Let's be honest about it. (laughs) Like it just wasn't, I didn't have the warm and fuzzies about like the church. So I didn't really have high hopes for the group. The group. Right. So the Wednesday rolls around and my sister Emily was like, are you going to the group? And I was like... Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Blah, 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 blah. But I just felt this urgency that I needed to go. Didn't know anyone. Had never met the leader of the group. Didn't know a single soul in there. So which I want to pause you and ask you about the urgency. Because okay. I like this word that you're using, and I feel like I want to refine it for other people's lives. It's okay. like, we're going down the same path. We're doing the same thing over and over again. An opportunity arises. And I think there's this moment where a lot of people are praying for change and yeah. praying for something different and praying for something to come to them. But when it doesn't come in the form that they're looking for it to come in, they don't take up on it. They pass it by. Yeah. And that urgency, that feeling is something saying like, stop the insanity. Do what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. I'm going to give you what you're looking for. It's just not. But it was so strange because at that time I was convinced that God wanted me in another state. Right. Like I had so much clarity about that. I thought like, mm-hmm. this is where I'm headed. This is what God wants me to do. Like everyone in my life is like so supportive of it. They're like, go, this is great. You should do that. Take the risk. This is a good idea. So starting in a group that was here just didn't make sense to me because I was having interviews every week with companies. Oh, I remember you'd be like, I got a job, but I got another interview. Yeah. I'm not going to take this job because I have another interview. And I'm like, well, where are you going? Like, where is this going? Like, (laughs) 
Yeah. So long story short, I end up walking into this small group. Mm-hmm. Didn't know anyone, and like, I yeah, I guess the first night, like, I was like, huh. she's afraid to say whether she likes it or not because Rachel's here. <laughs> you can be honest. Okay. Just go for it. Come on. So I go to this group, and there's like 15 women, and like majority of them knew each other. Okay. So that was even so you're the outsider. Like so seven of us knew each other. So that was even more intimidating because right. I'm walking into a group that is now already established. Like people like know Andrea's house. Like they're like right at home, and I'm like. Me, uh, just, hey. just chilling. How Hi. you doing? Complete you know. stranger. <laughs> but like the more that we got talking that night, like literally that night, Rachel and I sat next to each other mm-hmm. and were like sharing about how we loved listening to podcasts. Like yep. this is where the seed was planted. I don't know, seven months ago. And we're like exchanging podcast information, blah, 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 blah. And so, I, do you remember this? I called you mm-hmm. that night, and mm-hmm. I was like, I think I found my people. I know. I was thinking, I was just thinking about that as you were talking about this. I said, I don't know how to be happy for you in those moments when you call me and tell me small things like yeah. that. You're like, listen, I just went to this small group at this church, and it's down the street, and it was this women's group, and I just met these amazing women, and I, I think I found my people. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> that's good. Like, I'm like, well, we'll see if it lasts. Like, <laughs> yeah, hater over here. No, I just, you know, I just didn't know how to support you in those moments but now I look at it and I'm so glad that you you know didn't and I'm saying this a weird way but you didn't necessarily need the validation you knew that you were in the right spot at the right time and it felt right yeah and so now you went from multiple job offers in different states to now I'm gonna stay here now I'm gonna put this on an outsider perspective so bear with me let's go I'm going to turn down multiple job offers for more money in different states because I went to a small group and met some women I like so I'm gonna stay here (laughs) explain that one for me (laughs) Well, go back. For two years, I prayed for community and for Mm. people to run the race with. And, like, running the race, when I say that, it's people that are alongside of me that have the same heart that I do to see people that don't have a relationship with God come into relationship with God. Mm. And everything that I do is for people to meet God and have an encounter and know that Jesus loves them. Like, I mean, that that's in everything that I do, that's what my motivation is. And so having that motivation and not having people that are like linked arm in arm with you doing that was a real struggle. And so now here I found this group of women that are at the same level that I'm at that are like, let's go. And I probably came in like even more hyper than they had even like expected. Like they tell me that all the time now, but I was like, oh, y'all love Jesus? Let's go. <laughs> Like, I was just so yearning for it. Like, and I had been in this season where I feel like God had healed me of some things and like had refined me and I just was ready to go. So this was my opportunity to like link arms with this, these women and go. You know, what's so interesting about this is like, now that I think about why I wasn't really like tapped into what you were telling me. And it's, it's this reason is I think that you are so strong when you are talking about Mm -hmm. God. Like, I think that you just like, you become a new person when you're trying to bring someone closer to God. You have so much strength when it comes to that. And you, you are so like, it's like, it's a true literal skill that you have. Like I tell people this all the time on the podcast. You literally taught me how to pray. Like one of my weakest things was I did not know how to pray. And if someone asked me to pray in a public place, I would literally start tearing up because I was like, if I open my mouth, I'm going to sound like an idiot because I don't know God. They're going to know I don't know God. And God's even going to know I don't know God. Like, this is going to be a mess. (laughs) And you, I remember telling you that, owning it finally. And you were like, 
you bought me a notebook and you wrote on the first page like here's an example prayer and you like wrote like dear God like and I was like oh this is just a letter to God like and you said write in this until you feel comfortable saying it like no you can tell you I'll pray on stage for you like I'll never forget you and I were in the people used to corporately pray at our work on Mondays and you prayed out loud and I didn't and we walked out and she said why am I praying and you're not praying? <laughs> What's going on here? And I was like, I was so proud of you, like watching you come that far. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't even feel like I needed to. I was like, go, girl. But and that, I, and I was probably in a funk. Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why I guess is you seeking community and needing community is so was just so surprising for me because in the moments you're so strengthened and sharpened yeah. by the need for someone like me needing to get closer to God that I was like, wait, you need people too? Like, you know, I thought that people like me fueled you, but you know, just like you said, an empty glass like the pours and pours, yeah. you have to be filled by other people. Yeah. So I think it's so and cool. Listen, I got a little wind in my sails, and now you can't stop me. I know. I know. You're you're driving me a little crazy. I'm like, just going into the phone. She's like, what happened today? What did God tell you? She's like, I have to tell you something. I'm like, wait, I need an hour before I call you because I'm going to need a minute. But so that leads us to this. And this is what I'm so excited about is because I've talked several times on the podcast about how transformational my experience has been with you. And what's so cool about what you do is it's not you don't prey on people like a person like me. I feel like a lot of people will prey on me. You know, they feel like the minute that I have any discrepancies or un- lack of understandings of God or Christianity. Well, I have 14 Bibles. I have 14 Bibles. I have. This is a running joke. I have 14 Bibles. Hillary helped me pack my house one time when I moved and she found a box and there was all these Bibles. And in the front page was different letters from different people. And she was like, why do you have all these Bibles? It's like, because apparently you're not the only person that thinks I need to be closer to God. <laughs> and it was different mentors that I had had that always their going away gift was God. And I mean, God, Bi- the, Bible. the Bible, you know, same thing. Um, and they wanted me to be connected. And so, so back to being prayed on, I just felt like, again, you know, this is so hard for me to say stuff like this, but I feel like when I attend a church and I show any lack thereof or weariness of understanding that people will dive right in and be like, yep. this is the answer. This is the church you need. This is what you need. And so it gets, you have to, you have to be a little careful. And I just felt like you were always so, so good at this. And so for you to be partnering up with Rachel and you two to be bringing this up, bringing this to the airwaves and and I have to identify why I think this is so different. And this is the coolest part is this podcast titled Faithful by Design that hosted by The Bolt and, and Rachel is going to be so cool is because coming from, I just really think it was, you were everything I needed. So to hear you two to bring this to the airwaves and just explain the things that people like me, and I know there's people out there like me, there's people that were raised in the church, nothing like me. And then there's people, but I think you guys are connecting current culture with things in the Bible and understanding understanding faith and understanding like the what was it the trilogy that you guys were talking trinity. about trinity trinity see i'm all all the way off. Good, okay. uh, but just understanding these things like i know i've asked you some stupid questions no, you like, there's no, there are no stupid questions <laughs> but you two have such an understanding for people like me and i think there's a reason why people like me don't enter the church and it's for this very reason and so i hope and i hope to just bless this thing that you guys are bringing to people is that you are are going to make people feel comfortable where they are you're bringing the word to where these people are in a way that they can understand it that the people that are aren't willing to, or ready to walk into a church right now yeah or have a, a family have a 
a church family. They may not be ready for that right now. Sometimes it's a lot. Like I've done the church hunt, and it worst. is oh church, my gosh, church shopping is the worst. Church shopping. <laughs> And it's a lot. So, yeah. yeah. It's intimidating. Um, it's intimidating, especially for me. The minute, and just by chance, too, it's not always their fault. Sometimes I walk into a church yep. and they've got a message, and I'm like, that was way over my head. Yeah. You know, right. and somebody else will be like, well, that's the best church ever. I can't believe you went on that day or whatever. You know, and sometimes it's just the wrong day, wrong time kind of thing. But I think you two are really going to nail this on the head for people that need to hear this message this way, especially, I think, some of the millennials and some of the people that are just living and, and eating, breathing dying by current culture Mm. that need faith again and have forgotten what that feels like. Well, and think that it's such this like foreign, far off, like that happened 2,000 years ago. That's unrelatable to me. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, there's a living God that wants to know you just as you are in your current culture. And that's what we want to break down. We want to take these like huge concepts Mm -hmm. and Rachel is way better at this. (laughs) She does her homework on every episode and like brings... Like, she nerds out on the Bible, and then I'm like, okay, let's break it down. But that's why it's so good, because I would never look through the lens that she does, Mm -hmm. but... I'm like, okay, but then how do we... Love people. Yeah. She sees everything from the view of loving people. Yes. That's what I always loved about you was like that I felt like I could tell you the truth about the stupidity behind the lack of understanding, but what I... you tell me all the time, like when I get too churchy, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying way too much and I don't understand these words. Break it down. Yeah. But now because of our relationship... I put everything through that lens. I'm like, what would Jessica say about this? Oh, look at me teaching you something. <laughs> she w- says it frequently. It should be faithful by Jessica's design. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> but it really taught me because I think Christians live in this bubble mm-hmm. where they know how to talk to Christians about faith, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to talk to people that weren't raised in faith mm-hmm. about faith. Right. right. Which is ultimately what we're called to do is to talk to unchurched people, but wow. we don't teach that in church. Wow. And so, okay, so let me ask you maybe what might be the most elementary question, and both of you can take a stab at it, is my fear for the longest to touch church was not, would this be my church family? It was not, will I get the right message? It was none of those things. It was, I'm not ready because I'm still a mess. Like, my life is a mess. I'm constantly sinning. I'm constantly doing these things. And then my biggest fear was even like, if, even if I got to know a Hillary or I got to know a you and you were welcoming and you were nice and you were willing to teach me the Bible and all these things, then you'd mess around and get to know me. And then you'd find out that I'm a whole mess. And I'd mess around and tell you one secret thing about my life. And you'd be like, ah, you need to get out of this church before it burns down. Like, <laughs> so what do you say to people that feel like, I believe in God. I believe in a higher power. I just can't walk in nobody's church right now because I'm a whole mess. That was literally my story 10 years ago. Really? Absolutely. Tell me more. So 10 years ago, I was pregnant, a mm-hmm. single mom, 21. Mm-hmm. And so I was not attending church because I was living a worldly life. Right. And I know that God was like calling me to go to church and my wall was up. I was like, no, single mom, 21. I'm pregnant. What are people going to think about me? You know, being that fear of being judged. You don't want to walk in somewhere and be judged. Right. You know, like that's not a good feeling. Right. And I remember my mom forced me to go to church. She's like, it's Christmas. We're going to church. Right. I was like, okay, nine months pregnant. Wow. Like my daughter was born two weeks later. And I was like, okay, it was so good. I was like, God was really convicting me. It was like pouring in my heart, like, keep going. Like, that was good. Keep going. But I still struggled with that for a couple of years because 
I don't know, there's that stigma, like, you're a single mom, and I didn't want to be viewed in that way. Right. Because now I've had the baby, now I have to go there as a single mother, right? Right. And I'm a young mom, so mm-hmm. how are people going to view me? And they're going to judge me, and they're going to see me as someone that maybe I don't see myself as. And poor old me. And yeah, and I just did it. I don't know. I just went every week. I was like, I'm just not going to stop. I'm going to go, because it's not about the people, it's about what I need to hear. And so what was the breaking point where you were like... Uh, this is for me. This is exactly what I needed. Like, when did you realize that it saved you? Well, (laughs) that was like, probably, it took a couple years. It was probably, I think Grace was a year and a half old at that point. And I was actually living with my boyfriend Mm. and it felt so uncomfortable. Like, I didn't want to go home. I was like, I I don't even want to live with him. Like, I need to leave. Like, I need to leave. And I felt like God had put that in my heart. Mm -hmm. It's like, you need to... You need to get out. You need to get out. It's not a healthy relationship for you. Like, it's not good for your daughter. You need to move. And I had come home one night, and I was like, I'm leaving. And he was like, okay. I was like, that's a God thing, because he would have never let me leave. Wow. Yeah. And he let... And then I was literally consistently going to church every single week after that. And I was like, I realized I didn't need it for anyone else. I didn't care what people thought at that point. I just knew that there was a comfort in going every single Sunday. Like, I felt like every sermon spoke to who what I needed in that exact season Mm. of, like, leaving and stepping out and doing things on my own. Wow. And so then I just didn't stop. So as young as early 20s, how did you stay consistent with it? Because it sounds easy, but that was 10 years ago. It was 10 years ago. Did you ever fall off the beaten path? Did you ever stop going to church for a little while? Not since. No, I haven't. I haven't stopped. Not in that amount of time. I've had seasons of loneliness, personally, like not having any friends because I was choosing to try and change my lifestyle, but I didn't stop going to church. For me, it was safe. Wow. There was a sense of safety in going, whether I talked to nobody. When did you get involved in community, and how did that, like, change your walk? So, community started about five years ago. And it was interesting because, so for five years, I didn't have any friends at church except for literally my brother. I was like, hey, Jay, can you sit next to me at church? (laughs) And he's younger than me, you know. But it was fine, and then about five years ago I was serving I was helping with the kids mm-hmm. and I had met this girl who was a teacher like me and we just literally after a couple months she's like hey you want to live together <laughs> literally <laughs> we had known each other for like three months I was like sure I need a place to live and like we moved out and that is how I grew my community because she had brought Christian friends and like-minded people into my life mm. and I started making connections with them over the next year and that's what brought me into community so for like the first five years I had no community and now, five years later, I've had five years of community. How important is community? Oh. <laughs> Non-negotiable. Me, don't even get me started on that. <clears throat> well, this is the part that I want you to share, too, is, like, you never thought you had any part to play as far as, like, ministry or, like, sharing of your faith or let alone doing a podcast. Like, when did... That is a very recent shift for you. That was literally, like, when I met you. <laughs> The, kind of. The over the overshare of everyone else's <laughs> stuff was right here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it started us have like an Etsy shop where we sell like home decor, my friend Andrew and I do. And it God had laid it on her heart to do ministry. And I was like, 
yeah, okay, like we'll do so Bible study. When, back this up. When we say ministry, we're talking about just sharing God's word with people. Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and so yeah, I totally pictured a chapel. That's I okay. No chapels. No chapels. <laughs> Literally just having people and talking about God in a small group. Nice. That's nice. really it. And those are like situations I feel the most comfortable in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, small group. Intimate community. And about November, so less than a year ago, I felt like God was like, you need to do more. You need to do more. And then in January or February. Bust through the door. Harlary walks through the door. <laughs> And she's like, I'm going to take your dreams and we're going to put action to your dreams. So for me, I was a dreamer. She makes me take action on my dreams. She's like, well, what are you going to do about it? So she questions like the ideas and our plans. And then she's like, okay, let's move. Is that an Enneagram type? (laughs) (laughs) We're both twos on the Enneagram. We are both twos. (laughs) Voila. Yeah. So basically. I've never had someone more in my life ask me, so how are you going to do that? Like Hillary all, all day long. <laughs> She's like, you have the idea. What are you gonna do about it? I was like, I'm gonna do it. I have no idea. Does not matter what it is. <laughs> I need to increase my downloads. Yeah. What are you gonna do? I'm like, hold on. I just said that. I, hold on. Let me think about it. <laughs> like, but it challenged me in such a good way. Yes. That in the small time that we've known each other, I literally take action like immediately when I feel something. Oh yeah. Immediately. So it was like a training for you. Absolutely. Isn't that so me. valuable what people can bring to our lives? Like, it's so shocking yeah. what new relationships bring to our lives. Girl, so we're, we're up one night, and <laughs> I'm like, she's like talking about, we're having this deep conversation about God and faith and just like our, the dreams on our heart. Like, what do we want to do one day? How are we going to make an impact in this world? Like, mm-hmm. and for me, like, these are dreams that like I've always had in my heart, but like they were gone for so long. Like, right. And now all of a sudden I'm like, these are getting rebirthed. Like, I'm like... These are things that I had, like, put on the shelf that were just out, never going to happen again. I disqualified myself from mm-hmm. doing these things. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we're having these conversations, and we're like, what, what do you think about a podcast? You know, like, and I had experienced, like, you launching a podcast and, like, that whole journey knew way more about it than I probably needed to know. Right. Um, and Because you ask why about everything. You're like a five-year-old. Why? Why? How? Why? <laughs> don't, tell, don't tell everyone about that I'm like a five-year-old. <laughs> I'm trying Just to get kidding. them to listen to my podcast. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. So anyway, so then we're having this conversation, and I was like, we should start a podcast. Rachel didn't even hesitate. Yes. And, and it's 1.30 a.m. Okay. Yes, let's do it. I was like, you want to think about it? Like, <laughs> should we pray about this? I was like, well, no, let's go. That's it. No question about it. And I was like, I, I might need to think about it. <laughs> so was it as hard as y'all thought to start a podcast? Uh, no, because we had you. <laughs> Voila. That was a perfect cosign. I I didn't even plan for that. How many times do I call you a day and be like, hey, how do I do this? Can you tell Rachel how to do this? Like three. Rachel needs help with this. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's for the perfect purpose. But really and truly, I, I never wanted to start a podcast because I don't like to make things about me. But when God laid it on my heart that this could be a pathway for me to share things about him and like give him glory, that's what changed the game for me. And I say this all the time. I would never be doing this if I didn't feel like God called me to do it. Right. And that has been true every step of the way. Like, we have been so prayerful and intentional about everything that we've done that this is to glorify God and to hopefully impact people to either start a relationship with God or rekindle a relationship with God and have raw and honest conversations. Like, that, that is the heart behind what we want to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Like, it's not about fame or down. Like, for us, it's just that this would get to the right people mm-hmm. that need to hear some hope that there is a God that loves them. 
Well, you already have a success story. Moi. <laughs> and um, I think, you know the truth about how I know that this was a God thing for you? It's it's what you said, but it's also that I feel like everyone around you has created podcasts, mm-hmm. and the real the Hillary I know would never do what everyone else is doing. Nope. And so when you called me and said, I want to start a podcast, I was like... I looked at my phone and I was like, hello? Have you been, have you been drinking? It's like 6 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> you're like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, okay. And you like, didn't take it serious for like a month. I didn't because you were like, can, I was like, can I call you back later? And you were like, yes. And then like three days later, I was like, so, ha, still want to start a podcast? You were like, yes. And I was like, oh, you were serious. <laughs> I thought this was like some fly by night thing because I know you and I know you're like it is always for the glory of God mm-hmm. but it's if it's you don't want to do what everyone else is doing you don't want to be a follower you don't want to be like so to me this was the ultimate way to be a follower because I started a podcast you know some someone some people in your family started a podcast you've had other friends that have started podcasts yeah. so this was a very awkward thing well, to I do love at this time podcast you do you've always been my lending ear mm-hmm. to like you're like my perfect listener you always yeah. give me great feedback about everything that I do but in the market in the podcast market to me like there's very like podcasts that are geared to Christian women and mm-hmm. then there's podcasts that are geared to just people that are looking for like maybe encouragement or something but there's no middle ground, middle ground. for like to bridge the gap between both of those things because right. and for me I want to reach both of those markets mm-hmm. like I want to empower the Christian woman that's been going to church her whole life and doesn't feel like she has a part to play like to get off off the pew and go and do something and love someone outside of the church sure do. right right but also the person that's scared to walk through the doors of the church, I, I want to encourage them that there is hope in that too. You know, like take that step and take that leap and, and walk into the doors. And if you're not ready, like we want to give you all the resources that we can to provide you with anything you need in order to enter into a relationship with God because that's ultimately oh and they gotta know how good you guys are like you're so good at this like I will text you and be like hey like where's a good relationship Bible study boom here it is like here's this here's that go here do this like read this or I'll put up something encouraging or talk about it and you'll be like oh this is also in the Bible read this and I'm like oh wow that's my favorite thing it's all things Mm -hmm. uh, all the things that we live by truly live by are straight from the Bible Mm -hmm. just reworded revisited by other people and it's not to say that it's stolen or you know it's just things that have evolved over time but that's what I think is so cool about you and Rachel doing this is that you guys are going to take this from where people are right mm-hmm. now and attach it to outdated faith that people have walked away from because mm-hmm. they just feel like it's so outdated and it's so not them anymore. I can't tell you how many people I meet that are like I'll do that when I get older and have kids like then I'll start going to church. Right. No, God wants you right now. Mess and all. Right. Like he's not looking for the right. cleaned up version like he wants you as you are and he's going to meet you right in the middle of your mess. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what else is scary, too? Like, tell me, I would be interested in your take on this because you're pretty, like, open. Rachel, I don't know about you. But, (laughs) um, so there's been times before where, like, when I went to church with you and it was, like, everything felt good and it's, it's really easy to sit there and be like, wow, this is great and then I get to go home and do me. Like, that is actually a very easy perspective to come from. I would say most people live in that Most people live in that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's very hard to be in a middle ground because you're either all the way in or you're all the way out. You're just... I've, I've sat in church many a times, like, thought that was a fabulous message and then left and cussed somebody out. Like, <laughs> not, not at that level. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. stressed 
stretching the truth. Mm-hmm. But you know, like maybe whatever. Um, went to happy hour or whatever. <laughs> Girl Sunday fun day after church was a real thing for me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And, sure. it, and it's like, and I think, and I, and this is where what I understand from your perspective is like, what always scared me was I'd be sitting there and then I'd see like the days that um, everybody got saved or um, what do you call that? Baptized. Thank you. You get baptized. Y'all see my lack of education? Um, so, you know, they get baptized and then everyone's like, this has totally changed my life. I'm a completely different person. Or, you know, I used to be this bad person. Now I'm this great person because of church. And I'd be sitting there and I'm like, that sounds great. But like, that means I have to change. Mm-hmm. Like, that means I can't do the things that I like to do anymore. What about like brunch? I love brunch, like with my friends. And I like having two mimosas. Like, you know, what about, um, you know, the, the R-rated movies that I watch? What about like my favorite TV show that is about gun violence? <laughs> like, you know, and I'm just speaking for everyone else. Like, this is all great, but I'm not, even though I'm here, I'm still not ready for this because what it looks like is those people standing on that stage and they look like they got it all together. And I don't know, I don't want that transformation and I'm not ready for it because it means I got to give up the things I love. What would you say to that? I've been there. And I feel like I battled that. Like, I, for a long time, I feel like I was one foot, one, one foot in, one foot out. Like, I'd be serving at church and was hungover from the night before. <laughs> this is so good to hear. Like, for real, for real. Right. And I think for me, the transformation truly came when I, like, in full surrender. Like, and these things that, like, you're holding on to so tightly that you don't want to give up. Like, God has so much more for you. And they're just fleeting things. Like, the TV show that you want to watch, well, ultimately, how does that make you feel? It might make you feel happy in the moment, but at the end of it... You wake up with anxiety. That's exactly right. But instead, like, an encounter with God and having a true intimate relationship, like, all of these laws and rules that people get so caught up on, they're all... Love is the ultimate law, right? Like, God is about your heart and wants to love you. It is not about... You need to do X, Y, and Z. Like, that. that is gone. Like, we don't have to go by a checklist anymore. Like, he wants you raw and real in how you are. And you know what? He knows that you're going to sin 15 minutes from now or 30 minutes. Like, he knows all that and still loves you. Mm. If he could do it all over, he'd still die on the cross for you, knowing that you will sin for, for, for your entire life over and over the same sin. So you're telling me it's okay? Mm. <laughs> Not, not that it's okay, but like there's a difference between he's not going to stop loving you. Right. I think it's all about the condition of your heart, right? Like if you are doing something over and over and over, and it's like out of disobedience and like out of your own will, and we know we know when God's trying to stop us, right? We know that all the time. It happens all the time. It is a but dead all end of stop those, in our tracks. But all of those things are for your the protection of your heart, right? Like, and it's all for his, his glory and his goodness. Like, and he wants what, as much as you love yourself, he loves you more. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got another question. I'm just asking all my elementary questions because I want people to Bring know how, how, how educated you guys are. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So one more, um, cause I want to hold you guys up all day. What would you say to, cause this is what I hear from a lot of other people too, is that they feel like there's so many discrepancies in the Bible. Like mm-hmm. that there's so many things that, um, people swear, die and live by. And there's some things that like, we don't even use utilize or live by these days like how in the bible it says that you everyone had multiple wives well, we don't do that anymore that's not even appropriate anymore so wait a minute if the bible said it was okay to have multiple wives why do we live by one thing and not the other you know or there was i think there was mo- 
multiple things I heard someone mention that in the Bible that we just pretend like, like I was listening to a sermon. I'm not even going to lie. I was listening to a sermon the other day on Elevation. It was by another guy, not Stephen Furtick. And he said, <laughs> Shout out to Stephen Furtick. Stephen, Love Stephen Furtick would never say this. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but the guy said, he was talking, and I'll mess the names up, so I'm not even going to try, but he was talking about a guy in the Bible and something, something, and what, he had two wives. And he goes, he had two wives. One could have a child. The other couldn't. And she bared the child for two years, Hannah. And then he said, and he goes, he had two wives, but we're, we're not going to talk about that part. And then went into the part he wanted to explain. And I said, for people that are on the fence about believing, and then they hear things like this, and then they go, well, there's so many discrepancies in the Bible. I don't know what to believe. You want to take this? You want me to take this? <laughs> I'll start. Okay. <laughs> you start off finish. So in my, I love theology and I like digging super deep into the Bible. We need somebody that does. Thank well, you. Well, so that's our biggest thing. We like to ask questions. These questions are exactly what our podcast is premised on. Yes. Is we want to take questions like this and break it down so that we can answer all those questions. Perfect. Or not answer them, but try and have some clarity. Correct. Because yeah, we don't right. know all the answers. We correct. don't know all the answers. I just mixed the word correct and right. Did you guys say that? Sure. I said correct. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, what I love about, yeah, that's the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. and those are laws that God had given them for whatever reason that he chose. There's a reason for that, because he wanted wanted the the Israelites or the believers, am I getting to Jesus here? No, 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 you're fine. To follow particular rules, so... That's the way that he revealed himself. God revealed himself to people. It was like when they followed the rules and did the sacrifices and it was just... Yeah, it was like... It was, law. Sac- it was about sacrificing animals and stuff. Right. So there was a law. Right. Everyone was required to follow this law. <laughs> but then when Jesus changed everything. Okay. Right. So then you come to Jesus in the New Testament. Changes everything. He's like, forget about all of that. I'm dying for you. So who created these laws? God. Okay, so wait, so you're telling me, this is what this sounds like to me. I just want to clarify. <laughs> Let's go. This is like, God said, here's the laws. Boop. Here's the scroll. Here's all the ten laws. Okay. Whatever. Well, let's back it all the way up. Okay. So, creation. Right. Adam and Eve sinned. Right. All of a sudden, that because they sinned, now there's a separation between God and humans. We could not commune with God anymore. Right. Because that was... When sin happened, now all of a sudden we had separation from God. So all these laws were put into place in order to live by. Then you would have to go to a tent and offer a sacrifice in order to commune with God. Like once a year. It was insane. But wasn't there children involved? That was one story. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was one test. Okay. But so Jesus came down to earth son of god yep fully man fully god right and be, through his death and resurrection that law is no more he he created a new covenant and new laws and that is gone one law we don't love have to, people we don't have to follow it anymore that's why we don't have to sacrifice animals right. that's why we it's gone where's this in the bible how did i miss this part it's called the new testament okay <laughs> The Gospels. (laughs) Thanks. So, like, when Jesus came to earth, he taught about these things. And when he died on the cross, we we don't have to do those things anymore because he was the perfect sacrifice. And the cool thing is, is Jesus constantly challenged the law. So he would go and say, well, why are you doing this? And as the prophets are doing this, the church is doing this, well, why are you doing that? Like, just love people. That's it. He constantly challenged But because of Jesus' sacrifice, we now can have direct access to God through his sacrifice. Mm. He was the final say. Like, that, no more. The veil is, like, we don't have to do it anymore. 
I'm not going to explain the bill. That was too much. Okay. That's for a whole nother conversation. Sure is. <laughs> Do you think we're too deep in a world of like science and proof and things? I for think this that to... fuels faith. Ooh. Mm-hmm. How so? I think that the detail and the intricacy of science shows God's greatness. And Ooh. what he allows you to think and believe and what he provides for you. I don't think it squashes God. I think it shows how great he is. That was good. Especially ah. my co-host. <laughs> you know, I don't just be picking anybody. Okay, so um, tell tell my audience really quickly, when is Faithful by Design coming out? Um, where can they find it? And give me like your first couple episode topics so they know what they're going to be tuning into. Okay, July 25th, this coming Thursday. Got it. Um, the first one is just an intro to who we are. The second one is about the Trinity. So the Ooh. Trinity is God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Got kind it. of break that down. Like, who are those three parts? How does that work together? How does that affect our faith? And then the third one, we ans- we talk about the question, why do good things happen to bad people? <laughs> why do bad things happen why do to bad good things people? Why do bad things happen to good things happen to bad people? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my God, these bad people. <laughs> Grace. But it's a good question because it was literally something that my grandmother had asked me. And so we kind of dived deep into that question because it was super relevant. Yeah. And like in that episode, we talked about like how should Christians respond to people that are going through hard times and like what not to do and how should we react as believers to people that are going through hard times? You know what that takes me to. Okay, last question. I have to ask this because I asked you this before and you explained it to me so delicately. I don't know if you'll do it as well on the spot this time, mm. but let's no let's test your okay and go. Um, I already know what you're gonna yes. say. I'm not gonna handle this delicately. <laughs> so, how what do you tell people on the fence like that where I was about these crazy, insane situations that happen in the world? Like natural this, just natural disasters and or huge tragedies of people going into churches and, you know, murdering people in churches yeah. and just like things that are just like unexplainable beyond belief. How is there people walking this earth like that? How do natural, how does God let natural disasters happen? And where on one side we're told to believe that God controls everything and on the other he just does not control everything or is it just for a greater purpose that we don't understand? So, uh, I, think I know I'm asking you to really answer a question. That it's that a is, hard question. People to always right. ask, where is God in that? I think that God's right there. And I think that God is like crying alongside of us. I think that he is mourning alongside of us. And the, the truth of this is, is that there is an evil force at work. Absolutely. Um, on this earth, like trying to steal, kill and destroy us. Like that is just the reality is that there is an enemy. And... I think that, you know, people have the question, well, why does God allow these things to happen? And to that, all I know is that God's character is that he is kind and he is loving. Mm -hmm. And he, I just go back to nothing bad can come from God. Does he maybe allow things for a part of a bigger picture on this side of heaven? I don't know that I'll ever know that answer. But in mine, all I can say is that God is sovereign and he is good and he, his character shows over and over that right. he is loving and he is kind and he is gracious. I, I heard something the other day that I thought was so powerful. Um, my fiance and I tried a new church yesterday. And the guy said, you know, stop believing in luck and 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 mm-hmm. and timing and coincidence and all these mm-hmm. things. Like, we, there was a time in your past where your life was terrible. You thought it would never end. Mm-hmm. You thought it would never go away. You thought the depression, the sadness, the the fear, the fear, the anxiety, um, the feeling of death, and all, you know, all of these things would never go away. And you're in your future now, and it has gone away. And that is not coincidence or luck. It is God. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, wow. Like, I can remember, I could immediately think back to so many times where I was like, this is the worst time of my life. And now I'm, you know, living in the best times. And I'm like, wow, that's that's God, you know? Yeah, so. he moves us through that. Yeah, you'll text me all the time and be like, let me tell you about your boy. <laughs> I do. Let me tell you about God. I'm like, tell me. Tell but me it's how so he funny. Moves. I never felt comfortable talking. Right. Y'all, the fact that the word God is even coming out of my mouth, like I couldn't. I felt so like, I, I tell her this all the time. I used to say the universe or I believe in a higher power, but I don't know what that looks like or who that is. Or I just felt like... I felt like using the word God, that there was immediately going to be somebody questioning my authority. Like, who is she to say, to align herself with God? Yeah. She doesn't even go to church. She doesn't even know God. She doesn't even really know the Bible. So why would you use the word God? Like, you know, so, and I've never felt more comfortable in the skin I'm in and even in the place I'm in, which obviously you can tell by my level of knowledge here that I'm still not at that place, but I feel so much more comfortable. I pray every day. I know when I'm talking to God that he's listening. Like, I, I feel like that I can I have a connection with him you have a relationship with him. I have a relationship yeah. with him and to me that is all that matters and that, all that was, matters to him too yep see look I'm telling y'all this is gonna be he's the best seeking you for just the relationship that's it he just wants to love you and that he just wants to love you seems like such such a less pressure right. thing if we can just get to the point where we can accept God's love stop thinking about all the things you have to clean up just sit and accept God's love for you changes everything that is easy to do. Do y'all hear that? That's easy to do. We can step one, accept God's love and his willingness to love you. And two, work on and be willing to have a relationship with him. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And I'm all for that. And y'all are all for that. All. All in. All in. <laughs> all right. So y'all get excited about the Faithful the Faithful by Design podcast with Hillary Bolt and Rachel Martin. And it is going to be nothing short of amazing. They're going to get real about all of these crazy questions, just like the crazy questions I asked. And so I'm so excited for them to share with, with you and the world what they have shared and graced me with. And it has been perfect timing and by design for my life and I hope it will do the same for yours so I hope you guys have a wonderful week and we are so excited thanks ladies thank you thanks again for joining us on another episode of the stranded podcast if you felt inspired or moved today make sure to leave a review on iTunes you can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com and don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness